All right, we're ready? Okay, two thumbs up. All right. We are in a series called The Gathering Storm, and I'm trying to address the challenges that are facing households of Jews and Christians, particularly your children, uh, as secularism is rising up to attack biblical revelation and the biblical narrative of God's purpose. The modern era ultimately split Jews and Christians into pre-modern groups, liberal theological groups that aligned more with the secular ideas, and conservatives that weren't completely opposed to it, but tended to compartmentalize it to some extent. In addition, the behavioral sciences, anthro, psych, and soch, gave us alternatives of human origins with evolution, human problems with mental health versus sin, and uh, human ultimate goals. Not heaven or the kingdom of God, but a utopia made by ourselves. Last week we looked at race and ethnicity, and I suggested that modernity and secularism formed the, the modern notion of race. There had been use of the term race earlier, but for the most part, it became this biological reality uh, where skin color and hair texture and eye color was connected with cultural and cognitive development so that groups could be compared as superior or inferior. And that brought about uh, both the uh, biological, scientific justification for the Nazis to consider Jews subhuman and for the eugenics movement to push for eliminating populations that were problematic uh, with Planned Parenthood and and blacks and also trying to genetically create uh, a race of people that would be uh, superior in that sense. Now, I I contrasted race with ethnicity and explained that the cultural and phenotypic expressions that are usually classified as race is a false concept. It's, It's really these changes in our biology phenotypically, how we look. And the changes cognitively and culturally are a result of Babel and not a result of an evolutionary process of origins in that sense. And that God intended to create the nations. And then he established one nation to illuminate the rest. Through Abraham and the covenant at Sinai, he created Israel for the purpose of being a light to the nations. Ultimately, for the purpose of bringing about a salvation of the nations. Uh, This notion that When we come into Christ, we're not Jew or Gentile, we're not male or female. All of that is talking about our access and our equality to Christ, not a loss and a blurring of those identity issues. And we'll we'll see that later in the series. I said in the 1950s that uh, there was, it appeared that racism was on the run. There was still some racism that needed to be Uh, uh, dealt with, but for the most part, overt prejudice and racism was odious to Americans, and there was a change in the direction of uh, uh, civil rights because of the civil rights movement. 
but all of a sudden at the same time as the civil rights movement was beginning to uh, solve these issues, new forces began to manifest themselves in America. These were postmodern ideas, and they were going to create a new way of thinking about race. Not in the old way, not in that biological way, but in a social construct way, which anthropologists tried to push, but this is going to push it in a even further uh, kind of bizarre direction uh, that will ultimately end up with things like critical race theory. Um, so I want to talk about the shift from modernity to post-modernity and human diversity and unity today. I don't have a lot of verses I'm going to give you because I'm going to be doing those starting next week. But the reality is, we, you need to understand this. You need to understand why you grew up in a different world than your children are growing up in. The shift from pre-modern to modernity took several centuries. And because it happened slow like that, generation to generation didn't see much change. But the change from modernity to the emergence of post-modernity happened in decades. And as a result of that, there is a broader generation gap and division based on the experience that people have in that context. So, the modern secular perspective that was being pushed by the behavioral sciences and political science at the time of the 60s when this transition really uh, broke open was based on three categories. Race, now seen as not biological but more tied to ethnic differences. Gender, tied to the struggle of feminism that was going on in the 60s, and class, based on economic mobility and um, progress in a capitalistic so-called free market that America had. So one of the tenets of the modernity for the behavioral sciences, as well as both liberal and conservative theologies, because they were modern, was the idea that there was a objective reality and that objective reality could be known and it could be known in an accurate way and that became the concept of truth. Now there was actually discussions of big T truth, talking about revelation, and little t truth, talking about science, but the idea was that these things would come together in a unified way because there was an objective reality and truth. Moderns think that way. They think differently about how to solve it, but they agree that that's there. Now, the shift in um, this notion changed. So race as we spoke last time, is going to change to something different that I'll end with today. Gender was growing up with the idea of feminism and birth control and sexuality with a sexual um, revolution. And class was seen as a way to deal with this economic framework. So, what happened? Well, I'm going to do this really quick because I'll be talking about these through the series, but I want you to 
understand these when I talk about them, that one is a modern set and the other is a postmodern set. Modern set believed in rugged individualism. Rugged individualism was the idea that you could make your own way in this culture and you could make choices and you could live with them and that would be it. You were cooperative with other people because you shared a lot with them but you still had personal responsibility and your word was your bond, that kind of thing. That moved to what's called radical individualism. Radical individualism... I think, took place in part because of massive technology. My parents' generation all heard the same songs and listened to the same radio programs. They read the same papers. And so their perspective on things were matched. Now, there were variations, Democrats and Republicans, but there were still some general, very uh, common notions among them. My generation began to see a difference. When television came out, there were three channels. Everybody in my generation saw the same TV shows. We heard the same rock and roll on the radio programs. So there was, it was not possible that you would have said to a baby boomer, have you heard of the Beach Boys? And they go, who? Have you heard of the Rolling Stones? Who? Okay. Everyone had the same movies and the same media and the same technology and therefore a lot of things were shaped for baby boomers that came out of that. We all saw the Mickey Mouse Club and we all knew who Spin and Marty was and Annette Funicello. Okay? So that, that, was, that was before Jiffy Peanut Butter. I mean the idea was that all that was, was common to that generation. But... Our parents' generation didn't know much about that. We were beginning to see a media split between the generations. Finally, what you get in the subsequent generations, the busters through today, is the advent of playlists and videotape and streaming so that now a person could watch what I watched or they could watch something contemporary and now you have... Thousands of people going to concerts, and the people who go to those concerts, their friends don't know those groups. We have a very radical, individualized framework. And that's really important because people are, have less in common in terms of experience. The idea of objective reality is gone. The moderns think of objective reality. Postmoderns think in terms of relativity. Everything is perception. Everything is, is a, uh, a opinion of what things are, are doing on. We went from cognition, I think or I believe, to I feel like it's this way. Much more dependent on feelings and subjective feelings. There's a subjective reality rather than an objective reality. And we went from big T truth and little t truth that we thought somehow would be connected to now people are talking about my truth. I have to tell my truth, which is their personal perspective and their personal belief about their narrative. You will hear people saying that you've got to speak your truth. I'm glad someone spoke their truth. My generation thinks your truth, you got your own truth. I remember one time a deacon saying to me, uh, my Jesus never drank. And I said, 
you have your own Jesus, right? I mean, he was starting to pick up that kind of thing. It's my, I have, I have my, the more you get to where my opinion is the central place from which everything else is judged, you're moving into post-modernity, okay? Finally, sin and crime, lawlessness, is related now to mental health. And the idea of mental health is that even the idea of crime may need to be gotten rid of because there's a mental health issue behind whatever people are doing. Now, this postmodern shift came to a watershed, a dividing, in the 1960s. Because the civil rights movement was going on and there were a number of things happening politically, the religious communities the liberal religious communities and the conservative religious communities began to become political. Prior to that, for the most part, churches were given tax-exempt status if they stayed out of politics. But in the 60s, the liberal religious community got involved in the civil rights movement and the conservative uh, religious community and Democrats began to push back against that, particularly in relationship to the sexual revolutions, because they thought that was going to challenge marriage and family and uh, sexuality and gender in those things. So we began to see conservatives getting involved politically, mostly on the right, and liberal Christians and liberal politicians' mindsets on the left. And pretty soon it became difficult to know that those were different categories, politics and theology. Okay? Now underneath all of this was a separation, further separation of the generations. The war generation, for the most part, was checking out. The baby boomers uh, had gone through an idealistic period of relativity, and then backed up. I want you to understand how that works. My generation was born in solidarity with truth and objective reality. But in the 60s, we swam out into relativity to see what it was like. But it was like Waterworld, if you ever saw the movie. It just never ended. And so what we would do, we knew we could always come back and get get the the... the foundation. But busters and generations after that were born out here. And they've been treading water the whole time. They have no sense of anything that's a solid foundation. And so they experience life in this kind of uh, virtual reality. Okay? Uh, So, pop culture and the youth movements, and universities began to instill these new ideas. My generation, who took over the universities in protests in the 60s with sit-ins, hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go, right? Get rid of those classes and give us underwater basket weaving, because that's what we want. That generation became the university professors. And began to teach. See, those of us who tried to live relativity, reality kicks you in the butt. So what we had to do is back up. 
But many of the college professors from my generation could go into the ivory towers and now they could talk about this stuff and propagate it with the younger generation and didn't have to live with the implications of what they were teaching. Okay. So, the church also had several splits during this time between modern Christianity and this emerging postmodern Christianity. That included movements in the parachurch, Youth for Christ, Campus Crusade, Jews for Jesus, bikers' churches, right? Every kind of group, you know, we got a pizza church, we got love language churches, every, we got these entrepreneurial kind of things that happen. Uh, skydiver churches. I mean, I saw a decal on the back of a, a car at Cal Baptist that said, he died for us, we dive for him. Talking about scuba divers for Jesus, right? Uh, there was a split between contemporary and traditional worship. Hymns, no choruses. Choruses, no hymns, right? More and more division and fighting over that kind of thing. Some churches tried to cover a boat. They'd have a traditional service and then a contemporary service. And there were actually folk masses going on in in the Catholic Church with the Charismatic Movement. Because the Charismatic Movement, different than Pentecostals, the Charismatic Movement opened the idea that God could talk to you directly. So you don't need the Bible. You, God can talk to you directly. And with Bible translations proliferating, what you end up with is people finding the Bible that said things the way they wanted it to be said. So what does this do? Secular and liberal educators began to address humanity now using those three categories. Race, gender, and class. But the terms have new meanings. So I want to give you, this is the point of this message today. I want to give you what those terms mean. Because if you're a modern you, race means blacks and whites in America kind of thing. Gender means males and females and equality. And class means, uh, you know, this struggle for the middle class, right? So, here we go. The civil rights movement was about equality, racial equality, tied to the American idea of everybody being individually equal before the law and having equal opportunity. It's an ideal. It's never been fully uh, achieved, but that was the direction. As a result of the civil rights movement, many people began to move into that direction and we began to see some real results. And that's why there were a lot of people, regardless of whether they liked or didn't like President Obama, were thrilled to finally in their lifetime see an African-American president. Because in the 60s, we thought that might be four centuries away. So overt racism was gone. The battle now was to look for further opportunities. That was moderns. But the younger generation, the postmoderns, are not focusing on opportunities. They're focusing on results. Critical race theory and other postmodern approaches now claim that equity is the goal. 
And what that means is that if in a given institution or job or what have you, blacks aren't represented at the percentages of their uh, presence in the population, then you have inequity. By definition, then, you have what's called systemic racism. Okay. So catch this. If, if, say, blacks are 35% of the population, if 35% of airline pilots are not black, that's a racist system. You following me? How do we know that there's racism? Because the percentages are not there. No one asks whether or not they want to fly or don't want to fly. It's, it's, that's the way it's supposed to be. You can see that this is more of a uh, cognitive goal rather than a practical reality. So, if we find systemic racism, if, by that definition, you're going to find it in every institution in America, then those institutions are racist, including math. And they must be defunded, they must be dismantled, they must be canceled, they must be destroyed. Because they can't fix the problem because they have standards. And those standards are racist. Okay? So that's the approach that your children are growing up with. That's the mindset of what they're being given. Second, gender. Moderns thought that gender meant equality for women. That was a struggle that had happened all through modernity, give women the right to vote, the right to own property, to access graduate education, the ability to make a choice the same as any man. And as I said before, conservative Christians and Jews tended to push back on these ideas, not because they thought women were inferior. I was not taught that women were inferior as a kid. In fact, we used to do the thing with jump rope, you know, that said, what are, what are little girls made of? Right. And what are little boys made of? Snakes and snails and puppy dog tails. Don't tell me that there was an idea of male superiority. There was an idea that males were there to put women on a pedestal to treat them carefully because that might be someone's wife or someone's mother. It was a different mindset. There, of course there were jerks. There are, as long as there were men, there will be jerks. Okay, But we were being taught that these were complementary things uh, and they were functional in marriage and procreation. So that's what moderns were thinking. And they wanted to see this go. But conservative Christians and Jews tended to push back because of the sexual revolution. They thought this was going to attack marriage and it was going to attack procreation and other things. And so that's what was going on. But postmoderns pushed a sexual revolution that separated sexuality from marriage. And it's separated, because of the birth control pill, sexuality from parenting. Even suggesting the idea that a person could be in the wrong body. 
transgenderism, which is not biologically based, was added to the gay, lesbian, and bisexuality in the LGBTQ plus system. Marriage, therefore, had to be expanded for same-sex couples and now may require multiple spouses through traditional polygamy or the newest thing that your kids are probably aware of even if you're not, which is polyamorous relationships. So, gender has different meaning. What about class? Well, the class idea was generally a struggle. Biblical and ancient societies always understood that people had different statuses. Like there were nobles and commoners. There were rich and poor There were bond and free. So modernity attacked these approaches. It attempted to mitigate nobles and commoners through democracy. And America was part of that process. We're not going to have royalty in this country. We're only going to have citizens. And they will vote. Democracy will do that. Now... They were also up against totalitarianism, not just nobility. We'll talk about that later. Secondly, it attempted to mitigate the rich and the poor by free market capitalism and the development of the middle class. The middle class grew and grew and grew in America. It is rapidly shrinking at the present time. And modernity attacked the ugliest institution of all, slavery, that had existed from the times of the ancient world and still exists around the world today. It was the moderns who, along with many Jews and Christians, said, we need to rid our society of this institution. And this country fought a civil war over that. Brother killing brother in that framework. So what about um, the rest of this class thing? Postmodernity is now suggesting that what is needed is a full redistribution. Okay? This is what you do when you play uh, Monopoly. And it finally gets so out of balance that you say, okay, let's start over. And how do you start over? Everybody gets the same amount of money and you start over. That's the idea of equity and redistribution. Okay. Now, they're suggesting that this is the goal of equity and it is a human right. In order to do this, it requires a rethinking of capitalism and a strong central government that ensures that the equity will happen. And we're struggling with a government that was set up to be checks and balances and decentralized that is rapidly becoming more and more centralized and ubiquitous in terms of its in all our life at various places. So we're going to look at these over the next 
few weeks, and I'm going to try to to make that clear. But I wanted to tie this to something. So if you'll turn to Romans 12, and you know Romans 12 well, well, so I'm not going to use the first part of the text because that you know well. Romans 12, 18 to 21. After telling the disciples not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of their mind so that they would do the will of God and be part of the body of Christ. After saying that, Paul says these words in verse 18. If possible, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals upon his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This new equity system is willing to go back into your ancestry and find an oppressor that you are now responsible for. And it's not a matter of dying for your own sins. You now die for the sins of people who share your phenotypic expression or your, your ancestry. Okay? And that's, that's a scary thing. These words seem out of place in post-modernity, where social justice warriors are seeking an eye for an eye, even from centuries back. But we, as the people of God, have a different calling. And even with that, we are to respect what is right in the sight of all men, Paul says in these verses. That's a difficult process. And as much as depends on us, not them, to be at peace with them. So how do we do that? Well, we can't do that by being like them. We can't do that by wanting them canceled, wanting them defunded, wanting to do it politically. We have to do that by overcoming evil with good. Which means that when they are hurting, we help them. And when they are hungry, we feed them. There are going to be two things that we're going to need to do and your children are going to need to learn how to do. And that is to love one another. That's the sign of discipleship. But not stopping with just loving one another, but doing good to all men. God brings the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. We're going to have to do good in that. We're going to have to be different. And hopefully in that we will shine as light and we will serve as salt in the context. So next week what I intend to do is begin to compare the biblical nations, gender, and status with the postmodern notions of race, gender, sexuality, class, and status. We'll start with the race aspect uh, next time. So let's go to the Lord in prayer.